The Tumbling Saber podcast is powered by our powerful friends. Become a powerful friend for just a couple dollars per month and get exclusive podcasts, early access podcasts, random prize draws, contests, newsletters, and more. Visit patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 135 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. My name's Kyle. My name's Corey. My name is Michelle. My name is Carlos. You sound like a bunch of angels. Ha! <laughs> People would be sorely mistaken. Oh yeah, they, they don't hear the pre-show stuff that goes on here. If you would like to know more about whether or not we are angels, please become a powerful friend and listen to our Patreon <laughs> shows. And be scared <laughs> straight. Be able to understand who we are truly as humans. <laughs> if you're stable enough. <laughs> if you're not. It's a really good time, guys. Just, yeah. just, wait. just be cool. Come to the dark side or, or the good or the light side. You never know until you join us. Ah. Do you feel like that's that's how Kylo Ren probably spoke before, like in his burnout phase? Yeah. When he was like 17. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like you could totally just like, you know, come to the dark side or like not. Like you could whatever. Or, like it could be the light side. Like whatever. Whatever. Whatever, dad. Yeah, like, whatever. I don't even think it's important. Like our legend isn't really still anyway, so can you just like go over there and like <laughs> pretend you love mom? Bye. <laughs> Would have talked to Snoke. <laughs> well, before we get started, uh, the most important thing we'll say tonight is going to happen right now. We'll say a happy belated birthday to the one and only Stubaka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, loving life, man. You look great in that in that photo, man. I love you, Stu. We I all love, love the stew. I didn't see any photos, though. I mean, I, I was blissfully off social media for the most part this weekend. I, I saw my Twitter mentions or at least notifications just lighting up all the time, but oh, man, man. I couldn't be bothered. Hard. And correct, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he actually shares the birthday with the, the one and only Han Solo, Harrison Ford. Yeah, that's not important. Yeah, not, Harrison's birthday. Not important. Week, We're talking about Stubaka here. It's important to Stubaka, okay? Okay. Well, if you, yeah, if you're going to bring it around that way, fine. That's That's okay. But there's one important person in relation to this podcast, and it's Stu... And he's one of the most powerful friends there is. And I hope he had a wonderful birthday. Agreed. So we had another crazy week (laughs) in this minefield era. When is not a crazy week in Star Wars land? Like, I feel like it's been adopting this, like, news cycle of the current political climate where, like, every day is, like, a crazy news day. It kind of is. But I'm not even talking about news. I'm just talking about, like, the, the, the temperature and fandom. Again, boiled over this oh, week. Oh, God, yeah. And not to get into all that nonsense, but the takeaway from it all, don't attack Andy Gutierrez, either, whether it's directly or passive-aggressively, because you will get chewed up like a like a Rottweiler on a, on a like, gnaw bone. You're done. But, like, who wants to be mean to Andy? She's cool. 
and I ordered a mug. So if Did y'all you? don't like her mug, like you can come and hate on me because <laughs> I'm gonna use my mug every f- day. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> well, that only took three and a half minutes. <laughs> Sorry, when it comes to that whole thing, it's just too stupid. It yeah, is kind of, so it's, weird. It's, it's ridiculous. So odd. Be serious. Like I actually got really stoked though because the girl sent me. She gave. She's tweeted me a link to like her store online, and she had some really cute other mugs. Like I think there was one. Like there was like prequel hater tears, and then there was one that said sequel hater tears, and like. It was funny. Like it's a freaking joke, guys. Like Yeah, I'm sure if anything this this brought yeah, her a lot of business. It's a freaking joke. Oh, this, yeah, she has. this made she a was, lot like, of sales. Guys. Yeah, she made so many sales. I was talking to like other people too cuz um we were like, yo, like why don't we make why don't we make a group photo at celebration and bring all our mugs? Why not? <laughs> that would be funny. Why not? Uh, so yeah. hey, guys, it, it, is the war over? No. It's never over. It's never. What is it saying at anymore, the end of, of the Last Jedi? The war is I just mean, beginning. The fandom is called Star Wars, not Star Reconciliation. So. <laughs> yeah, and not even it's not even Star War. It's wars as in plural. Yeah. It's yeah. It's and, not. It's not a Star Kiss and Make Up. It's not Star no. Kumbaya. It's it's wars. I'm sorry. And and Maz makes it quite clear. And it's every war is. It's all. It's always about the same thing. It pretty fight. much is, isn't it, though? It's good against evil. Absolutely. Anyway, don't attack Andy Gutierrez, because first of all, it's not warranted. Second of all, Andy is the bomb. She is a treasure. And uh, third, you don't want to out yourself as a complete ass. So don't do it. It won't end well for anybody. Or just out yourself as a complete ass oh, and oh, yeah, can you call can you out on it. And you can out yourself as someone with zero sense of humor. Because like, anyone who saw that photo can understand that it's supposed to be a friggin joke like come on guys and it is a joke you they tell us like we don't have a sense of humor you guys are so serious all the time like it's a whole thing but then like apparently they can't like take a joke either like especially since the the picture is three years old i know like you have to go back way 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 back like really it was so ridiculous yeah, I feel like there's no safe space anymore. It's just like you just like throw something out there and then you hope like no one will like shoot you. But like I feel like right now it's kind of like the Wild West and it's like you might catch like a stray bullet somewhere. It, well, it really is. It's so not intended to be bad or good. And this is not saying or like dismissing that the people who are doing bad things or being divisive are not like at all okay and they shouldn't be excused but yeah it's kind of ridiculous at this point like i feel like it's kind of hard to say anything without someone having a problem with you yeah it's so, it's so strange I, I you know in the early days of the internet it was like everything happened in little different pockets whether it was chat rooms or forums mm-hmm. and it was okay because you got to know all the people that were in there and they didn't get to this overwhelming size but then along came facebook and twitter and everybody jumped in the pool and of course, right. that just turns into a gong show. I feel like now people are going to start retreating back into like smaller pockets. Like we have, we have our closed Facebook group, and right. it's always peaceful in there. Of course, there's people who disagree, but it's never like it, it never ever gets to the point where it's uncivilized. 
Well, yeah, There's because no I feel like everyone in the group respects each other enough to understand that we're all here to kind of dissect things. And in order to understand each other, like we have to be able to kind of approach each other in a civil way where we're just trying to kind of have open discourse. And it's like this un unspoken disclaimer, like, OK, let's just kind of put everything on the table let's kind of try to understand each other's point of view because like in the group there are people who really dislike certain movies like there are people who don't like the last jedi at all but they don't hate on the people who do like it in the group so it's just respectful and they're just like well i see where you're coming from but i just personally didn't like it or something like you can just say that like you don't have to it's not a slight to you personally if someone doesn't like something that you don't like their their own person they have their own feelings they have their own brain they don't need to like be your slave brain slave yeah i mean if we were all the same if we all agreed it would be really boring and these types of podcasts would be completely unnecessary and then it would kind of look like north korea does <laughs> on like celebration day on the news and i'm pretty sure that everyone here watches that and feels really scared so i don't think that's what we want <laughs> absolutely not but I feel, I feel like that's maybe where where the internet will go, into back into those safe spaces. Retreat into your little corner where you know people and you have respect for that smaller space because you know the people in there. There's Maybe you have some skin invested in it or whatever. But uh, maybe maybe that's for the best. I don't know because being out there in the wild, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's, it's crazy. It's really crazy. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Michelle, I think you inadvertently kicked off our collecting update with the with your fanboy tears mug. Oh, so does anybody else have a collecting update for the week? Yeah, I kind of actually stopped by the uh, our comic book dude. Finally, I have Afra now, like up to date, and because I was missing some issues in between, like I think I was missing two issues, so I didn't want to like. I read I think the first four or five, and then I was missing six, and I was like ah pretty anxious to get back at that and then uh homecoming as well scored that at costco for like 11 bucks i was like what done good deal there um carlos well i'm gonna <laughs> uh thank you for for uh getting the friday night lego builds back up and running am, am i am i to understand from this that uh maybe you're back in the game a little bit a little bit uh it, it, i don't know what happened it, it was filming the right way and then i think i might have knocked the phone down and then it started filming sideways, so the video—I I don't know how it looked live, uh, but uh, on the replay, it kind of wasn't uh, in the right direction. So that was a bit of a fail, but uh, it was fun. We built Yoda's hut. We had a great time. It was pretty quick. Uh, my son did most of the building until he started getting a little antsy, and then I, I finished it off. But uh, we have a couple of other Legos. Um, I think one or two other uh, Star Wars Legos, and I got some other stuff from Lego that uh, that we can build as well. Um, before I start buying the new stuff, which drops on August first, and that's, uh, that's soon. That is soon. That is soon. I really need that X-wing. And Matthew Salvatore went through his Lego and found an extra box of those blue rubber bands, baby. So we're gonna have to find a way. We're gonna have to find a way to get those from Matthew Salvatore uh, or Matthew Salvatore um, all the way to uh, to Carlos Land. Wow! 
we got to find a way to, to make that happen. Well, I'm sure if we all put our heads together, we can find a way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, it's, what is it? It's 49 cent stamp. Uh, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, Carlos, again, thanks for doing that, man. Like, I, I have this vision in my head of like, one day I'll do a Lego, a live build in the group. And I'll have like a glass of scotch with me that I will I will ab- get absolutely ripped. And halfway through the build, I will start slurring and I will get <laughs> super frustrated and I'll start throwing Lego around and it will be a complete gong show and it, it would be hilarious. I just I, I think I, I think I'm mixing myself up with that mad TV skit from way back when when that yeah. <laughs> that dad's trying to build that rocking horse on Christmas Eve. <laughs> yes. He's like, yeah, yeah don't, don't worry, sweetie. Go to bed. I'll be in bed in half an hour. This is going to be easy. <laughs> he stays up all night blast. getting wasted because he can't figure it out. He's absolutely sloshed. It's unbelievably well, funny. If anybody didn't uh, hasn't seen, well, uh, most people haven't seen it, but if you can go to the the, the Tumbling Saber uh, Facebook group and check out the video, I'm actually eating sausage while my son is building. So <laughs> <laughs> you actually get a, a close up picture of the of the sausage. Uh, whoa, whoa! Let's, I'm going to clip no, no. that for context. No, 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 no. I mean the plate. I had a plate with – I went to Costco and bought uh, Italian sauce. Okay, just cut it all out. All Whatever, Tinder surprise. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Another good My weekend. goodness. Okay, let's put this back on track. Um, personally, my collecting is, is just all kinds of stuck in neutral. Like I haven't seen a single six-inch Black Series figure from Solo on the pegs or any of these current waves. And well, like I said, I've, I'm kind of out on Black Series for now anyway. So that's, I mean, that's well and good as it is. I, I'm just waiting for that second wave of vintage collection figures to drop. And I posted some so much better images this week from uh, courtesy of Yakface. Man, do they look good. The yeah. Death Trooper Oof. and Han Solo, Enfys Nest. Yeah, that's the one. And the Hover Tank troop, Trooper from Rogue One. Wow. Man, oh man, do those figures look good. Each and every one of those is a, is a must-own. For me, anyway. I don't know where you guys sit. But uh, I also saw images from the Walmart-exclusive vintage collection TIE Fighter, the Imperial TIE Fighter, which also looks awesome, but might run a, run a bit pricey. But man, lots of stuff coming. And of course, with uh, SDCC right around the corner, there's some uh, cool Star Wars stuff. Uh, gonna about, about to hit the pegs, right? So, Well, not the pegs, but... Uh, the convention, which is that, that three-pack of Afra and Triple Zero and BT. And then there's the Han Solo Black Series 6-inch with the Minoc, which is an odd choice, but okay. And then there's the uh, the centerpiece, Ray with Kylo Ren in the forest from The Force Awakens, which is really nice, but uh, I'm not really interested in in either of those two Black Series things. It's all about the Afra for me. Okay, so there's our collecting update done for the week. Uh, let's see now. A couple of small things here before we really hit the news. So the Digital Bits is reporting that Solo will come home on Blu-ray and DVD and all of that other stuff. Se- Tuesday, September 25th. And probably a couple weeks before that if you're into the digital releases. Carlos, that's you, right? Yeah, it is me. So, yeah, I guess uh, more like the 11th for you might be the, the date. I like it. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll get an official announcement soon about uh, about the different versions that will be available. And uh, I may call on one of our friends south of the border to grab 
If there's an exclusive Target version that looks like it's going to have some great extras on it, I may, uh, may reach out to somebody and say, hey, why don't you grab one of those for me and uh, shuffle it on up to Canada? Because I'm just I'm only going to have the the Walmart version. You know who lives near our Target? No. And lives south of the border? Who? Uh, me! <laughs> I'll grab you one. Cool. Well, I'm going to wait for all, for all the details on those before we pull the trigger, but uh, thanks, if Michelle. If you see one that we like, you can always ask me for one. Awesome. Count on it. And I think the Count ones from San Diego it. probably, or from LA, California, probably nicer than the ones that come from, like, you know, anywhere else. Just It carries uh, that California cool with it, right? Well, we probably get, like, ones that are kind of, like, fresh drop-off, because it probably doesn't have to travel too far in that sense. <laughs> It's closer uh, to the origin point of Star Wars. Yeah, and closer to like the um, the Target warehouses and stuff. Like I notice that when I get tar- when I order, even when I order online for Target, like I get my Target stuff so fast. Like they tell you how long it's gonna be, and it usually takes like a, it's like overnight because wow. it's so close. Like unless it's something back ordered or something. Yeah, it's pretty fast. Cool. So. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I went to we went to see uh, Incredibles two this weekend, and I'm walking up to the theater and I'm looking at the marquee, and I see Solo's just hanging on. It's just hanging in there. And yeah, I was like, baby. It's like, oh, guys, should we? Uh, yeah, maybe we just sneak in there one more time. And no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see Incredibles two. Stop it. All right. I saw Ant Man and Wasp. How was that? With the little oh, guy. I, I actually enjoyed it. I liked it. I love the comparisons going around on the uh, on the Twitter machine as well right now in regards to that when you look at that being considered a success and it was it was compared like a lot of people compared it to solo in the sense that did the you where they're going like very comparable i saw like a i saw um an article that talked about how like it was a quote flop in marvel like in the marveldom because it made like minus 75 percent of like their typical box office or something. <laughs> I was yeah, like, it's, it's all relative. Like, like that's it what these people don't sense. understand. Now, if it's you guys like... listen to the Nerd Room uh, when they do their they do their uh, their spoiler review, and uh, Tim breaks it down quite uh, eloquently actually when he talks about how a sequel uh, for the lowest grossing movie of all the the the, the origin Marvel. stories from Marvel, uh, I think it it just it comes in right where it should have. Uh, yeah, with their, with their target. So, and it was it was a good movie. It was a, it was a good movie. You you might want to listen to that spoiler review. Um, obviously, watch the movie first, but uh, listen to the Nerd Room uh, review of Ant Man and Wasp. It was it was actually very good. And listen the to big the Nerd Room anyway. You should yeah. just, you yeah, should just the, be doing that. The things the that I've heard about the film itself are that it's really great. So yeah, I feel like I'll see it. I just haven't had the time this weekend. I just think like the money thing. Like touching back on that, like the opening weekend. Similar to Solo, but also the drop off for this weekend was like a huge, like it made like nothing in the theaters this weekend. Well, wasn't this opening weekend for it? No, no, it was last weekend. Was it last yeah, it was weekend? last weekend. Oh, yeah, of course. So, yeah, supposedly it made like I think it made like nine million this weekend. No, so yeah, when you look at it like that, like where does that put Solo? Like, was Solo really a flop? Like, yes, production issues. Granted, but so Ant Man and Wasp made twenty eight million for the weekend. You probably read like Friday night's take instead of the whole weekend's take. Uh, I don't know. I was looking at it. I don't know what what is. I was looking at it last night by the fire. 
It said some kind of weird like stat. So Ant Man and Wasp like seventy five percent. Twenty twenty eight million for the weekend, and it's it's got a total gross of one thirty two. Well, the weekend's technically not over yet because it's only seven p.m. here in California. Yeah. So last showings will probably be in Hawaii in like three out two hours maybe. Yeah, I mean, they, they can estimate. Yeah. They usually take Saturday sales and then extrapolate that based on a huge data set that, well, Sunday's probably going to be Oh, yeah, well, this. I and just usually check on my um, Fantasy Movie League app because I have Ant-Man and Wasp in my um, lineup. And they usually, like, update us today and then they'll update us again tomorrow for final. But, yeah, it didn't do great. Yeah, well, we're It didn't do, do bad. So what are you gonna do? It's it's currently at one hundred and thirty two million dollars. That that's probably gonna put it on track for about, you know, somewhere just shy of two hundred. Yeah, and I think their their budget was one sixty. Yeah. So yeah. They'll make uh, a modest sum. Yeah, they made it says it made this weekend it made twenty eight. So far it's made twenty eight wait, what? Twenty eight eight forty. Twenty eight eight forty, yeah. Eight forty. Thanks, box office mojo. <laughs> anyway, guys, this this story that just won't go away, the Kenobi standalone movie. This past week, another report from an Irish newspaper. Uh, to me, it was a regurgitated report from a few months ago. Like, I don't know why this is making the rounds again, as I didn't see any new info. But the story states that Lucas is somehow involved with the Kenobi project as he was in Northern Ireland to seal the deal on the whole thing. Um, and they say it's set to begin shooting in spring 2019 for a December 2020 release. I don't know if you guys caught this report making the rounds late last week. I'm not buying any of it. Like I still yeah, believe, like, uh, yeah, I still believe the, the Kenobi movie is happening. I don't know when, but I don't believe Lucas has anything to do with it other than some kind of uncredited creative consultant by Skype or phone call. I don't think he's you know, he's not the, he's not part of this in any official capacity much less in the in a seal the deal capacity Corey, what were you going to say are you buying this i don't buy it whatsoever uh i think it's just too good to be true because now now that he's out of the picture all i want is a story from george lucas before it's too late you know what i mean like uh, like he he won't do it like i i just in my heart i feel like it's it's over for him in star wars you know what i mean but i really 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 want to see one more George Lucas Star Wars movie, either written by, directed, uh, produced, anything that he can get his hands on, like he, like at least a Clone Wars involvement level. Yeah, Carlos, you buying this report? I I don't buy anything until it's official. I I'm I'm fed up of the yo yo games, like, <laughs> especially with this, right? Like this has been yeah. this has been nauseating. We've been on this roller coaster for months. Yeah, and you know what? Imagine there's like they're like we're never making a uh, uh, an Obi Wan movie, and they're just sitting there laughing at us. Oh yeah, it's coming, it's coming. Oh no, it's not. Oh oh oh, it's coming, it's coming. Oh my god! Again, I'm not, I, I'll have to happens. like snip that for context. <laughs> yes, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so from now on, you let me know when Lucasfilm confirms it, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, at this point, I mean, I, I hesitated to bring this up. I just wanted to put it out there, and you know, in the sake of being complete to capture the week's news. But Michelle, do you have anything to add to this, or 
Are you just sort of rolling your eyes at these reports as well? Well, I mean, I was looking, I was looking back into like some of um, the people who were reporting it and like who the the re- who which sources like re- re- reported all this information and like they're saying they got it from the Belfast Telegraph and whatever. But I mean, if you read like in the same actual article where it's talking about it, there's like here's the rumored plot summary for the film from TMZ, and it reads like I don't know, like one of those remake the last jedi like type kind of like story i don't know it's the plot summaries it's so ridiculous do you want me to read it to you like oh it's, boy is that is it the one where they just sort of copied the synopsis of the says, kenobi novel obi-wan is on tatooine being an elusive hermit and stuff this is literally what it says <laughs> but secretly watches over an infant luke skywalker whom he delivered to his uncle owen tensions between the local farmers and a tribe of sand people headed by a w- ruthless war chief, eventually brings Obi out of hiding and into a k- Jedi kick-ass and into Jedi kick-ass mode. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like, Wrong. This, if this is in the, the, first of all, no. Second of all, this is TMZ. Third of all, like, it's in the, if you're Get quoting better writers. That, well, I, I think that is the synopsis. Saying, but if you're saying, like, but it's just the way that they're saying, it's just like ridiculous. Well, they, I and think they, they took the synopsis of the Kenobi EU book and just like broed up the language to make it seem like less official, more sort of passed down through the telephone wire. Like, it's very like TMZ broy, but like it's coming from TMZ. Like, let's let's be real here. Like, how trustworthy is TMZ? Like, do you really think TMZ is going to be breaking like? Star Wars news from Disney, like I highly doubt it. Gosh, like we need some quick clips. Doubt it. I mean, I feel like if you think about the people who might even like speak to TMZ, it sounds more like the people who would be involved in the hashtag remake The Last Jedi people would be like the type of people who might call TMZ. I don't know, just personally, that's what I think. But yeah, I mean, again, at some point, grain of salt. It, it's guys. all going to be a moot point because they're going to announce Kenobi at some point in the future. And this will all be for nothing, but I don't want to see any more reports about this. I really don't. Just the next report I want to see on Kenobi, I want it to be the official announcement or something close to it from like Variety. Like I, I get in terms of if you're reading like the um, Belfast Trollograph article, though, like the way that they're ta- the way that they frame it is like they're talking about like they they announced the Star Wars thing after they were saying, um, like, because they were talking about the Game of Thrones prequel, and they're like, Game of Thrones prequel will be filmed in Belfast after Superman and Star Wars are filmed in the same kind of studio that they're planning to film it in. So that's why they're like, okay, well, Game of Thrones is set for this time, but and that that's because this project has booked it first and then this project and then it's going to be game of thrones like that's how they kind of broke the news but i don't really think that that's set in stone either because they might have reserved it but they might be pushing it like they might have reserved it before they might not have even reserved it at all so yeah so anyway there's (laughs) there's another report for kenobi out there wake me up when it's official yeah all right so we we Briefly, Corey ever so lightly touched on Clone Wars, and we talked about SDCC, so let's, let's put those two things together now. And there's been a lot of hype around the 10th anniversary panel for the Clone Wars at the upcoming San Diego Comic-Con. And I think it was it sort of 
culminated in D. Bradley Baker's tweet where he said, Clone Wars fans, I'm just going to say you don't want to miss this. And he, he was retweeting a Stephen Stanton tweet who was also talking about the Clone Wars panel. So in my mind, at, there's something is coming here. Maybe maybe you guys have a different opinion, but I think something is coming. Otherwise, why are they pushing this so hard? To me, there's a, a surprise in the making. Carlos, do you have any thoughts on what that could be? Seriously, uh, I tune into this show just to hear what Corey has to say about it. <laughs> and that's why I came I, to I, you first, because I figured you yeah. were going to pass the potato quickly. No, definitely. I really have no idea I, what could be coming. Could there be maybe uh, a second Clone Wars movie that, I don't know, that comes from that little period between the end of the actual uh, Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith? Like, I, I don't know what story they could tell in that era. Um, and I mean, I'd be foolish to just try to make a stab at it and just say anything like, so let's, let's throw it off to Corey. Maybe he has a better idea. All right. Well, like Kyle said, D Bradley Baker's tweet just kind of set me off as well. Like I really think something is up, which is super cool. Uh, you know, you can kind of be skeptical about it and say like 10 years is a big anniversary. Uh, they could just be, you know, celebrating the series in itself. But it's no surprise to anyone that the show was canceled unjustly, untimely. Um, like it, it never had a chance to conclude. It was like pretty much almost smack dab in the middle of the series when things were just starting to take a turn toward a more serious route. So, so it kind of, kind of got me thinking what Carlos had just said. Like possibly there's another show that did this great show. Any Star Wars fan would uh, really appreciate it and should watch it. It's called Firefly. <laughs> Um, so good so good so good um to, yeah it got canceled and they made a movie about it now i don't think serenity. there's gonna be a, yeah it's so good serenity now i think we all want conclusion serenity though from from the clone wars though i think that's a big thing and i think it could be done like i said i don't think it's gonna be a movie but maybe it's possibly like a, a four-part miniseries they, they're starting to ramp up for the uh Disney streaming service, right? I guess they're planning content out. Sure. Like I never really heard a great de demand for let's, let's have a clone wars movie. It's like a second clone wars movie, but at least like I said, like a four part mini series or something like that on the new network, or maybe they will finish the clone wars. Like, I don't know how, how know how that would be picked up though. Right now. You know, we also know Floney has his eye on live action. I don't this think isn't, isn't he doing resistance though? He's like he part, created resistance. Well, he's, kind right? of been, yeah. he's been kicked upstairs, so to speak, where it's like he's the oh, he's right. not so much the like creator, not the writer. Anymore. Yeah, he's not really directing day to day episodes anymore. He's sort of overseeing all animations. So Yeah, so creating and executive producing more so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those titles are always so nebulous, you don't know exactly what the person's doing, so he could be just cranking out ideas and building teams around those different uh, storylines that he wants to get out there. Uh, Michelle, do you have do you have any? What do you want them to do? What do you mean, like at the Comic Con, or just like in general? Well, it, like coming out of, out of this announcement, which we we believe oh. is coming. Do you oh, do you oh, want them to come by and say we're doing a new Clone Wars movie, or would you prefer them to? Well I don't really know, if, like, because I'm looking in terms of just like who's on the panel itself, and um, because they're because 
San Diego Comic Con is very well known to do a lot of like reunion, like big um, uh, uh, reunion panels. Like they're also doing the 10 year anniversary for Breaking Bad panel this year, which was just announced like a couple weeks ago. And um, like they always do the big ones and they always bring them back. And like even if they bring them back, it's not always to announce like um a new continuation in that it they can talk about like other things in the universe that might be happening like for example in terms of the breaking bad thing people are speculating that like they're going to start talking about those characters moving into uh better call Saul cuz that's still on the air and so thinking about this like um like Dave Filoni is going to be there the producer Athena Portillo the composer Kevin Kiner the uh, Ashley Eckstein, who does the voice of Ashoka Tano, and my dream man, Matt Lanter, who is um, doing, An- who did Anakin, and so, like, they might actually, like, they might announce, like, more information in terms of, like, other stuff that's going on, like, they might be, like, oh, by the way, I might pop up in this project that we're doing, or you might see this character in this area, or they might give us more resistance stuff, like, so I don't know. Who knows? That, that's a, I, that's a great they suggestion. They might be like, guess what? Uh, why doesn't Ash, the you know Ashley Eckstein, who voices Ashoka, announce that she's going to be in a live action movie or TV show? Ah, that would be awesome. Like, I, I was going to say, they that may just be announcing too, like, stuff of their, their character, or just you know, I don't know. Like, like think of like Sam Witwer, you know, because I was going to say like the live action thing. I don't necessarily think they would choose Ashley Eckstein to be ahsoka on screen but no but she's she's played her so they might be like guess what like you know she's gonna like uh speaking of you know ashoka she's i'm not playing her but someone else might be and she's gonna be on that show or like you know you never know i don't like think of sam whitwer he still voiced ray park did darth maul for solo but sam whitwer actually voiced him which was so cool and it worked but i like what you just said michelle and i was kind of thinking this as well like picture this man like you have Ahsoka and Vader and Ashley Eckstein and Matt Latner. Vader and Ahsoka, right? Like there's uh, their last meetings in the world between worlds and Twilight of the Apprentice. Like thinking of that, like I, I believe that Vader thinks that or knows that she's actually still alive. So there's a lot of story to be told there as well. Like Vader is obsessive. He holds grudges. And he's definitely got a vendetta against her. So, like, there could still possibly be, like, we see Ahsoka last in Rebels. And it's, like, three years or three or four years after the Battle of Endor. So, you know, she's still kicking around. And I, I don't know. I just think there's there's more between Vader and her that could still possibly be on the table at one point. Like, I know the, the comic book takes us a bit away from that and, and our time to be able to deal with that. but. It's. I mean, there's definitely something there. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm swinging for the fence with you, Corey. I'm going. Uh, I'm going to say that they're going to do do a movie for the streaming service, and it's going. It yes! will center on Ahsoka. Whether Vader's involved with Matt Lanter there, I. I would say that's a good chance. Please. I, I would love them to do. I mean, he, I would love them to do Siege of Mandalore. Ooh. Get get that finally finished, and I know it's touched on in the Ahsoka novel, so maybe they wouldn't just straight up adapt that but maybe they will i would I-, I would be more than happy to see that absolutely more than happy to see that yeah, yeah i just want them to announce more ahsoka 
stuff. <laughs> <Just> give <laughs> us much. more Ahsoka content, guys. That just makes want. so much sense too with like the streaming service coming. I, I definitely think we're getting something related to Clone Wars. I don't again. I don't think it's going to be the series. Uh, but Filoni's got something up his sleeve. He's always got something cool. Yeah, yeah that- they should do. They should do like a movie, like kind of how um how. Uh, DC does like those like Gotham by Gaslight and like uh, was it like uh, the Dark Knight and you know all of those like they do the dark like Dark Justice League and like they should do that but like on the streaming service so like their version of like the animated features um, with the characters but uh, that are canon but like not not necessarily but they also have their live action stuff and their uh, animation shows and their soon to be live action TV shows so they can have all of it. I am down. I'm down. Mark me down. <laughs> I am so down. So down. So yeah, I'm I'm I I'm convinced. I'm, imagine we go to this we look at this panel and nothing comes out of it. It's just it was just like a cool celebratory panel where they all high five each other on 10 years and we're like that's it. I mean, they usually do, but like with the streaming service coming up, it just makes sense that they would they might announce something. Yeah, I mean the demand is there. There's the uh, I mean it's calmed down a little bit, but uh, bring uh, finish finish the Clone Wars hashtag was a big deal for a long time. So maybe they're gonna do something. I, I doubt they'll do a whole season to quote unquote finish it, but I wouldn't be surprised to see yeah, them a limited plug in a movie. series event. Oh, yeah, limited series event. Disney can loophole all of canon in the sense that Ahsoka now. I think we can. We're led to believe the way uh, a world between worlds ends, like with Ahsoka seeing another portal with the wolves. I think we're, it's safe to assume that she has access to these wormholes or whatever you want to call it. It's like to space time. Like she's that powerful now. So she can go back in time and even stop Vader if she wanted. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But that's not going to happen. Well, no, because, yeah, that's playing, in, that's playing in the uh, the Rebels timeline. And this is a Clone Wars panel. Well, I mean, no, she can go back in time to wherever she wants. Like, she can go and catch Anakin when he's a kid or, you know, interrupt him and Palpatine or whatever it right, is. Right, but you'd like, be taking she... Ahsoka from Rebels timeline and jumping her back. Maybe they will. I don't know. I don't want to dump on any They, they won't because... go down that route, but it was just a joke, really. Just and erase yeah. all of canon. <laughs> oh. He just wants to be like a super loopholer, right? Of course, of course. <laughs> Erasing all of canon. Start afresh. Oh, jeez. That's where Ryan Johnson begins. like begin. what all of the other people want. <laughs> I, don't want I don't want that at all. I'm just, you know, I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> It's true. All right, like, you all right. Ahsoka, you're just, like, you're... Think about Ahsoka's power, man. Like the fact that she has access to those things—that's a lot of responsibility. Sure is, Corey. Oh, come on. Now. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's let's see. Next week, I'm sure we'll be talking about the fallout from that panel, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. So stay tuned. And this week, uh, the Hollywood Reporter confirming what Fantatrax reported a couple weeks ago. And that's a nice scoop for Fanthatrax if Lucasfilm would actually follow through with their own confirmation. But Billy D. Williams is pretty much back as Lando. So it seems like everything is is done about this. And we can we can go ahead and put even more stock into these reports. 
So do we have any additional reactions or feelings or speculations on the character and what his role will be? Uh, Michelle, do you, do you have any more thoughts beyond what we talked about a couple weeks ago? Not really. Fair enough. <laughs> Carlos? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm waiting for Lucasfilm to announce it. <laughs> I think that's my motto. Like, I, I think, I mean, the one thing I will say is that, like, the Hollywood Reporter makes it feel for me a little bit it, the hollywood reporter is like right under deadline for me so or like on par it almost like the only thing yeah that's they're right missing there is basically the disney or lucas but like they don't even need to come it's basically like they rarely confirm stuff so it's like basically kind of confirmed at this point yeah um so, it's all I but mean, a done deal yeah pretty much like I mean, you, you cu- a couple just- with billy d williams pulling out of that uh that Comic Con later this summer in Saskatchewan, and he's reportedly getting into into fighting shape and taking his yeah. diet more seriously. Let's. That, that was the one thing that worried me. I have to say is that uh, like I'm I'm super pumped about this, but I was worried. I mean, having seen him around, like his health really hasn't been like he's he's quite old, and his health hasn't always been that great. So like I it was kind of a bit of a liability, I think, for Lucasfilm, but. Uh, but- He's they're also doing it, an man. actor, and they're stunt doubles, so he doesn't have to do all that. Yeah, but it, look at Leia. You know what I mean? Like, what happens yeah. at that age? Anything can happen. You know what I mean? I'm not. It's it's a liability. Like, I don't want to say it like that. Well, then you but... slap a bunch of prosthetics on Donald Glover and get him in there. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I was I was just worried that he wouldn't be able to keep up, and I'm really glad that if this is confirmed, that you know he's got the energy. And he's getting back into shape, man. Like, I'm sure Disney's got the best nutritionists on him, man. Like, like let's do this. I mean, if he is doing that, though, that does bode well in terms of, like, that That probably gives us a little bit more of an estimation in terms of, like, what he's actually going to be doing on screen. Because if it wasn't supposed to be that involved, like, he's if his character is just, like, you know, for example... Um, yeah, if it, was, if it was a glorified space, cameo, like, right? Yeah, if it was just like a, you know, Jennifer Aniston's ex-husband type level stuff, then I forgot his name really <laughs> Justin quickly Thoreau. off the top of my head. Yeah, Justin Thoreau, sorry. Um, sorry, Canada. Uh, <laughs> Justin Thoreau, like if it was just like a passerby, then he wouldn't need to like get into shape or do all this stuff because like, you know, it's just, you know, passing by. But if it's if he's getting into shape and he's trying to do all this stuff, then I would think maybe his role might be more than just like, you know, saying goodbye at for example leia's funeral or something it might be a little bit more like they might need him or they might just throwing us off and pretend like just making him lose weight like they used to tell carrie to do all the time so who knows and she hated that oh boy yeah she was like you know what you can do you can kiss my fat ass that's what she would always say (laughs) did you did anybody watch uh bright lights the carrie fisher documentary with her mom no, I want to see it, though. It's so good. And it has that moment where the yeah. trainer shows up at her house to get her into shape. And she just kicking and screaming gets on the treadmill. She was not happy. <laughs> well, that's why famous people, though, like, are able to do what they do. Is they ha- they can pay people to pull you out of bed kicking and screaming. Yeah. <laughs> to make sure that you lose the weight or gain the weight or do what it is that you want. Um, which is nice because I wish I had someone who would force me to work out. Yeah, same here. It's the reason why I don't do it. I, I can't, just I, I can't no be I can't be bothered control. to get up early enough. And then other, other than that, I I just would rather just watch a baseball game or something. 
which is something you could do as when riding a bike, but I just don't do it. Corey, do you have any thoughts on Lando? But can I just can I just interject there? Like, <laughs> why why would I, I, I? There's no way I'd get on a treadmill and run and and exert more calories than the people I'm watching getting paid millions of dollars to work. Like, I, I, I'm sorry, there, there's. If I'm gonna watch baseball, I'm gonna be lazier than that first baseman. Okay, <laughs> no, that's do not. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Corey. Well, I mean, I don't think I got a chance to talk about Lando with you guys. But again, I was I was pumped. He just wouldn't be in shape to do this thing, and you know, to to think that they're giving him a shot, and you know, they're gonna keep him in good shape is a great thing. Uh, he's really like the last familiar face from the OT for us, right? Which is, well, I don't know, like, yeah, sure. I mean, Akbar's gone, Leia's gone, Luke's gone, Han's gone. We got Chewie, R two, three PO. So what about Wedge is Snoke. <laughs> <laughs> Wedge was Snoke. They tried to get Wedge back, but he he didn't want a piece, man. I wonder why. Which is his right. He doesn't have to. No, but I think it makes perfect sense to bring him in, and especially now from a few different perspectives. Uh, like, definitely, like he's a natural born leader, right? Like he's had, he's, he's become a legend at this point, the experience and the knowledge that he possesses. He's, he needs to be there. And I'm sure at this point he almost feels, I won't say responsible, but it's his duty almost still at this point at that age in his life, he's still manning up and and doing this thing. Like he, you know, his best buddy Han murdered by his nephew in air quotes, but no, uh, so there's the military aspect where you know there, there there's no leadership per se any, anymore. Like there's like twelve people in the entire resistance. Like everybody's an admiral so, now. Well, that's it. That's not the way it works. So like Lando's got to come in and kind of. I'm sure he's got to know how to 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 rebuild with them, you know, and work with the tools that he has. He's super sly. Well, so, I, I, this is. I mean, not for nothing, but for, for what we learned about Lando in the in the last shot is that he's. Like one of his entrepreneurial ventures, his business is building droids, and this is right after Return of the Jedi. In the you know, Kylo is a couple years old. Ben's a couple years old at this point, so you know we're like three years post Jedi. So we still be at droid building all those years later. I don't know. Maybe he built a droid army. Maybe that's been suggested. Maybe Lando. Like everybody seems to agree that Lando will be some sort of resource person. That he will bring the resistance what they need. And maybe that thing is a droid army. Now, I, but don't, I think I don't know there's also fodder there for him and Kylo, I think. I mean, granted, he had that moment with Han. You can't surpass the gravitas of that. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, there's something there between them, you know, like he he's his, his uncle. So like Uncle Wanwo. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, I. Would they pass that off? To, can you, does that work? Does that track? I don't know. But, oh, picture this. This popped in there just now. Me and Numb and Lando back in the pilot seat of the Falcon and Chewie's on the ground mission with the Ray and Finn and whoever. Very possible. Me and Numb's still around, so sure, maybe. But you know, I'm glad Lando's back. I said that when we first spoke about it, but you know, of all the things that are rumored and speculated, Lando and Obi-Wan and Yavin 4... Like, Lando's return has me the most excited by far of those three things. So I'm, and the more I think of it, 
like the more I, I I believe we'll see him take on the role of somebody that uplifts the resistance. And I I can imagine like Snap Wexley returning from some sort of mission and there's some sort of dramatic pause and Lando comes in behind him with this big flowing cape. You know he's gonna have another cape. And he's gonna Lando will see this dejected bunch of resistance fighters. He'll flash that smile and reassure them that eh, we'll, we'll figure this out. I can that's it. I can see it in my head right now, like people whispering to each other, like, is that Lando Calrissian? Like, like he's legend, just like Han is, man. Yeah, I'm pretty sure JJ's going to lay it on pretty thick. I hope so. Oh, I want no, that. I hope not. Ugh. I like that. I, I think from like the nostalgia factor, which again is not my thing. I think there are people who want a little one more like booster shot of of straight up fan service nostalgia, and they'll they'll make a big deal of Lando's return. It depends. I, I like the way you said it there, Kyle, because I was kind of talking about uh, thinking of his, how would they return him? And if there's a big time jump, I'm thinking, okay, that he would probably be already established within the resistance and they'll kind of try and tell that story shortly within the movie and then maybe expand upon it in lit- well, literature. I, well, that's interesting. Do you think he's already with the resistance by the time we catch up with them in nine or will they pull him in at some point during nine and have that big intro moment? Well, that's the thing. Like, the way you just said it with Snap kind of introducing him is kind of different because I was thinking, you know, we we had uh, Rose and Finn going after the Codebreaker, right? We had Ray searching out Master Luke. Like, we don't, I don't think we should have, oh, we got to go search out Lando. He's a legend. He's the only one who can help us. Like, it shouldn't be that. It should be Lando stepping up to the plate and being like, well, hello, here I am. Let's do this. I don't mind that at all, Corey. That's uh, that's actually pretty good. Now, is he one of those friends in the Outer Rim that just didn't answer the call in The Last Jedi for some whatever reason that, that will eventually be explained? I don't know, but I just feel like he feels responsible in a way that he's doing his duty, man. Like in saying that these kids, whoever, they need me. Like the, the galaxy needs him right now. Well, I agree. He'll He'll answer the call. Like, I don't think it's going to be, he'll be like, I don't think he'll be like the Scarecrow in Wizard of Oz, where he just like points people down one road or the other. Hey, Finn and Rose, I, I, I don't want to droids that way, to... starships that way, pick your path. And then we don't see him again. I don't want him to be that guy that's like, oh, I've done that. I've been there, done that. I'm not going down that road again. Like, I want him to jump in both feet, you know? What if it's it's Maz that, that, brings, that brings Lando in? Ooh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Like... She gets him, and then you know, I have like she's talking to them by communique or hologram. No, 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 no. like the whole trade dispute thing from Last Jedi, right? Like you don't want to know the details, that type of thing. Mm. But she's on Lando's side; she's helping him. Maybe that's why they couldn't help the resistance. They could retcon that, right? They could retcon that to be Maz with Lando at that moment. But that would be the perfect intro for for Lando if it was anyone bringing lando into the game again it should be maz that's a good call that, uh, yeah well it's hard thank to you. imagine thank you it's hard to imagine that they don't know each other i i, th- I think in, of course they're not canon but in the freemaker adventures or one of the lego adventures yeah it was a lego adventure maz and lando had scenes together so somewhere in this lucasfilm story group they have put those two in conversation together and maz was completely underused in the last Jedi, I think that was one like one of the things that in the last Jedi that I wish were different is that I wish Maz had a better role. But he, okay, Maz had the saber, 
And Luke lost it at Bespin. Lando came from Bespin. Mm. Is there is there some dots to connect there? I don't know. That could be something. I don't know if they'll, they'll pull Lando into that storyline, but they could. That's that's interesting. Uh, what then? What about a nod to L three? Like, I'll be shocked if we, I'll be shocked if we don't see Lando making some kind of nod to L three. I, I I cannot imagine they bring Lando back in this movie, and he does not appear in the cockpit of the Falcon, similar to Luke in the Last Jedi. Mm. And you know, I gotta imagine like whether he simply touches or caresses Corey, uh, you know that that bulkhead <laughs> that that Han smashes in Empire. <laughs> Like I, I can imagine Lando just sort of tapping that spot on the Falcon. Yeah, that's not a reference to L three. Tapping it. You just said tapping it. <laughs> Snip for context. Dude, he was in love with L three. Uh, that's the title of the show, by the way. You just titled the show "Snip Slip <laughs> Snip for Context." Well, since since we're talking about Snap, I'll maybe I'll call it Snap for Context. Oh, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Um, yeah. No. I mean, if, if if you saw Lando come in and look up at that bulkhead and just sort of in passing, like run his hand across it or something, that would be your nod to L3. It's like someone can ask him or something as he's like admiring the dash and like, like, so, like Ray, maybe she's so always so innocent kind of in a way like she'd be like, have you ever flown this thing? And then you'd be like, like, oh, like something he would use the word she like, yeah, she was mine once or whatever it was. Yeah, he would just do something like flip a couple switches and do some, get it get it purring like a, like it like it never has before. He's like, yeah, don't worry. She'd be like, okay, yeah, you know, you know this shit pretty well. Um, yeah, I, I just don't see the direct L three connection where he's like L three. No, 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 like no. There, I don't think there'd be a mention to, of L three. There would be like a quick blink and you miss it visual nod, like where he just sort of taps that that same spot and just walks away. Well, if anything, wouldn't it be the Navi computer? <laughs> that too. I mean, talking about nods to L three in this movie are, is is ridiculous. Like we're spending way too much time on this. <laughs> but like JJ wrote, I mean, uh, it depends again on how involved with the script was JJ with Solo because his his script for for Episode Nine was written and finished, I think, back back around Christmas, wasn't it? So at that point, like Solo was not done. Film. Maybe maybe he'd seen the script. I'd be surprised, but y- you never know. So does does Lando make it out alive? Like we know that JJ loves to kill off characters, but I say yes. I think Lando. I still say yes. I thought so at the time. Uh, Lando's gonna make it out of nine. Like I think somebody from our original OT crew's gotta survive this whole thing. On, uh, aside from Chewie, I think a human is going to make it through, and I, I think it's very reasonable that if you know if this is not the end of the saga, and they do another trilogy in the future, it's like it's like you, you don't even have to address Lando. Like he's like Corey said before, he's an old guy. We all know the score. He's an old man, and if he, they did episodes ten, eleven, twelve years that took place years later, you don't even have to address Lando. We would understand the guy passed away. Like, I don't think anybody would be up in arms. But I'm still stuck on my ending for 9 that we talked about a couple weeks back. Lando and Chewie on the Falcon. 
you know, flying away from you know there's some cathartic scene in episode nine at the end and then it's it's uh, lando and chewie in the cockpit lando looks over at chewie with that big huge smile looks at chewie and goes punch it ship disappears iris out and that's the end of the saga like i'm stuck on that ending right now yeah i guess uh, ryan uh, jumped the gun a little bit because uh, i think a, a twin sons ending would have been really cool but uh yeah, I guess the punch it is cool too. Punch it. Those are, punch it is my final words in episode nine. Everybody says punch it now though. Yeah, that's the uh, super that's the super JJ Andy. It is. Alright, anybody else uh, with thoughts on Lando before we move along? Move along. Move Ooh, along. Moving along. Alright, so, uh, it's time for us to talk about some crazy hair madness, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a, it's episode nine is going to have some crazy hair issues i, I don't know like what, are we going to get bald kylo with a beard <laughs> mullet kylo <laughs> oh, no. i would love i would love to see kylo with a mullet oh yeah. my lord would i love Did, that and a mustache Adam driver is always down to do weird hair stuff though so i feel like he would be game oh I, i'm sure true as matt the radar technician saying business in the front party in the back <laughs> Absolutely. I would love to see a really bad hockey mullet on Kylo in episode nine. That would be the best. With lightning bolts. <laughs> lightning bolts shaved. Force lightning bolts shaved into his head. Yeah. Oh, that'd be sick. Anyway, so um, Mark Hamill has shaved his beard, which sent fandom into a bit of a tizzy last week. Um, so said <laughs> <laughs> <a> tizzy. <laughs> I, I don't have to snip that for context. No. Um, so, Carlos, is what do, what do you read into that? Because I, I know it. We all had that same visceral reaction to see a clean shaven Mark Hamill. What was? What do you? What do you think? What does that strike to you? I think it has to do with him being a Force ghost and uh, back to his his true Jedi self. Whereas uh, Obi Wan, the old Obi Wan, kept his beard because that's who he really was. And when Anakin uh, uh, died, uh, he wasn't uh, Vader. He was Anakin as he was as a Jedi. So I think that's what uh, the whole shaving thing is. Luke picturing uh, himself at his best in his in his yeah, Jedi prime. At his Jedi prime, yeah, I believe so. Because by the time he had his his academy, he was uh, just for uh, just for men, Luke, and uh, he was already doubting himself again. So, uh, yeah, I, be- I believe it's that. But but if we're going to come back to Kylo and the haircuts, like, he's going to have to have the mohawk with the earring like Luke wanted for himself in, uh, in, <laughs> in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> the purple mohawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That. That's, that's, yeah, that's funny. I-, I like how Mark Hamill posts that Instagram shot, his, like, his mug right up in that camera. No mention of the lack of beard. He doesn't even talk about it as if as if he had no idea that fandom would have a good old freak out about it. Instead, he just talks about this Joker cane. This I, I thought that was absolutely hilarious because he he knew damn well what would go down as a result of him posting that pic. No doubt in my mind. Michelle, any thoughts about uh, the Mark Hamill clean spanky face look? <laughs> spanky. Is Michelle off the call? Or is she mute? I'm mute. Sorry. <laughs> I did it again. Oops. 
I started talking and I was like, great. I did it again. Um, The first thing I got real excited about was that Joker cane he was holding. Because that cane cool, man. It's rad. And I love Mark Hamill as Joker, the voice of Joker. He's really great. Um, But yeah, like I kind of see where everyone is going with um, wanting to look at like at when he was his when he thought he was at his best is that is that the right way to say it um correct yeah um but like but then if you go that way like are you is is it really in the force ghost like if if we're gonna go back to like when luke was looking his best or whatever are we really sure that it's gonna be current mark hamill and not just young mark hamill because i mean think about you know anakin force ghost is hating christians yeah. now they could so like you're talking about it digitally reverted back to when he yeah. was young right so if you think about it in that term in terms of like but like obi-wan isn't uh who am i thinking you know who i'm thinking uh what's his name alec guinness no it is alec guinness. it's not ewan mcgregor like in that shot right isn't it Hayden Christensen, Yoda, and Alec McGuinness. Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness. Sorry, my brain is tired. Alec Guinness in the Force Ghosts, like when they pop up, right? So, like, would it really be if it's Luke projecting in the sense of like what, like when he thought he was his best? Wouldn't it revert back to the image of Mark Hamill when he was younger? It could. Yeah. I mean, the the shaving thing could have nothing to do with that so i don't know who knows um i mean we'll see what happens i mean there is such a thing as like you know beard wigs so and cgi so it could yeah, be a throw tell, off tell, tell the know. makers of justice league that <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and mission impossible <laughs> well yeah but those aren't disney so <laughs> um oh snap yeah i mean i don't know we'll see what happens but I, um, I mean, there's still time. Plus, like, it, I mean, he's a quote-unquote contractually obligated to be bearded for eight, great. But, like, he technically, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he'll be in the next one. We'll see. I mean, like, in terms of, like, him, his image as he is now. Like, his voice might be in it. Um, for new recording stuff, but like as Force Ghost, like I'm, I would be interested to see like if they do decide to go that route or if they're gonna go to um like young Luke image and have him do new voice. We'll see. They, I, they could do the the digital digital DH thing, so they yeah. could shoot new Mark Hamill, but then just brush out all the wrinkles and all the crow's feet from his face. Yeah, but like he's also not the same weight though. No. Well, you can you can figure that out. Look what they Star did with uh, Chris Evans in Captain about. America, right? They just planted his head on a very skinny, skinny little person. So they I mean, not only that, that technology is yeah. like amazing. And right they've now. done it on Star Wars before. Not, not but only then that, why I mean, if pay you that at... much money though? Like why pay that much money to Mark Hamill to be there when they're going to do all that extra money for everything else when they can just cheaperly take his image and it's a lot less like you know. They they really slipped down Robert do. Downey Jr.'s face at the beginning of Civil War. So uh, weight wise, if you look at uh, young Robert Downey Jr. Uh, compared to Tony Stark uh, in his forties, uh, close to fifties, 
they really did slim him down. So I, I think they're, they are able at a certain point to slim down characters like, and not just true. Them. I'm true, but I'm saying this in terms of like the story, like they don't need Mark Hamill to appear in like, Correct. depending on, on him right now as, as yeah. he is now. Right. But in, but they did need Robert Downey Jr. For the story to be there in person, mm-hmm. whether or not slim down or not. But I'm saying in terms of like the money and how much money they would be spending just to have Mark Hamill be there when he's worth Mm -hmm. a lot to be there, his time, his energy, everything, it costs a lot of money. So they're going to put in like if they're going to do young Luke, like why wouldn't they just take the footage that they have archived of him and have him come in and to do ADR instead? Because that will just cost less than having to have him shoot everything, then retouch everything. That's a lot of cash. Like. So, I mean, knowing Disney, they might go that way, but because, you know, but I mean, if they're trying to be smarter about budget, then I would think like that's just that's an approach a lot for I mean, you don't, you don't cheap out on Luke Skywalker. But I mean, it's just, you know, it's from like I'm I'm talking about it from like a making standpoint as opposed to like it just doesn't seem. Yeah, but like, I mean, smart. yeah, but no. if they could get like they gave Mark <laughs> Hamill a million bucks. For the force awakens if they said hey mark here's the million bucks can you come back stand in a studio for a couple days and just be the force ghost like really we have like eight lines for you like maybe the million bucks will do and they'll just say like fine out of this whole you know 250 million dollar budget we've got for this movie we can, yeah, but we, that's we can give just, you a tiny that's slice. a million bucks for that but then think about all of the extra like fx and stuff that they would have to post oh, yeah. i'm trying to be devil's advocate no, no, I, I, just, I get you for I hope sure people don't hate me and say like i don't want mark <laughs> hamill in my movie no i love mark hamill i'm just being i'm playing devil's advocate in the sense of like yeah that is a million dollars for him to stand and do eight lines and then think about how, however many millions that will take for all of the people who will have to work in post and then how much money the post itself costs and yeah, nah, so I, I don't know. I, I find when it, when it comes to Luke Skywalker, man, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like, a budget, budget like, shouldn't be a concern. I feel like whatever happens, not everyone's going to be happy anyway. Like, there are going to be people, if if Mark Hamill shows up the way that he is now, and then they'll be like, well, why do they have to do all the CGI to him? And then if he doesn't, if they don't do the CGI, then they're like, well, he doesn't look the way he's supposed to. And then, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like everyone's going to be pissed off either way. For sure. So, for sure. It's well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one so, thing. Like, I, this whole thing, like I like the way Kyle put it, it can only go one of two ways. Um, if not, it's, it's going to put me in a tizzy because if Mark Hamill's not in this film, I'll be quite upset. So it can mean, again, like you guys said, Michelle, you made a very good point in saying that the, the beard's gone. So it's like a past representation of himself. Technically, I would think the only way, the only route after that is, is the ageification or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. The only other thing is knowing JJ, maybe they were able to film these the scenes that they wanted him in already. Ooh, yeah, that too. Snuck it in already, and he's already done. I I agree with that. I also thought like he may have already just filmed the scenes he was supposed to with the beard. But also in terms of just like if we think about um, like he is, it is for sure he is definite going to show up as a force ghost younger i think because even when he um projected himself to kylo in the last jedi um he looked younger than he did on he probably looked at he looked like the the last time kylo saw him exactly the last time kylo saw him was the image that he projected himself to kylo as in his force ghost situation so 
um, now that he, you know, has become a full force ghost, like how far is he going to go back? I think that's going to be the line of where he's going. Is he going? Because for Kylo, he appeared the way that Kylo last saw him. But like now that he's a full on force ghost, is he going to revert back to when like the time where he felt the most Jedi, if for lack of a better word, I guess, quote. Um, Yeah. So like these things are not done by accident, right? Like Star Wars is very careful. They don't like give a guy a costume, like a lead. They don't do it. Put a lead. Give these like they they evolve the costumes. That's what I'm trying to say. Like and and the look of the character. Luke went from um white to gray to black throughout the OT, and I think that that's that was absolutely intentional. But I think in this trilogy as well, like I think a a, a spanky face Luke would signify a major change within the Luke character, right? So I, right. I I think. Like Carlos said, he would be that would be him envisioning himself as as his best self, right? And so the, it, would, yeah. it would be a visual sign that he's not the bearded grump anymore. It's the Luke that it connects more closely visually mm-hmm. to the uh, Return of the of the Jedi Luke, which is another I way of tying exactly all these the things together. Like what you just said, how you just worded it, I think that is like perfect. Yeah, I this, this one time I blew up the Death Star, and this other time I took out the Emperor and Vader. It was awesome. I was awesome. Or, I mean, the other less exciting possibility is, like, he's not going to, maybe he's just not scheduled to shoot until, like, early 2019. And he's, yeah, he might be just shooting something different right now that he needs a fresh face for. Yeah. It, His it, wife it was like, you really, shaved that thing. Like, honestly. Like, yeah, he could just be not scheduled for a long time. So they just said, you know, in October of 2018, you got to start growing back the beard. And so it's ready for january or december of, of of you know this coming year you think he's reprising his role as Cockknocker? <laughs> yes oh wouldn't that be oh my god that would be fantastic <laughs> oh that would be the best that would be so good i'm proud of that pull that that's a good one. pull oh boy that's a good one um yeah i mean i i'm i i am absolutely convinced luke is in nine because i think we all want to see, regardless of how we feel about Luke in The Last Jedi, some people he's hashtag not my Luke. For some people, he's it's a great uh, arc from where he goes to where he is. Um, I mean, Mark Hamill even said that 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 Luke was not hashtag not his Luke. So yeah, he was at first he was very I mean... he was not happy with it, but later once he saw the whole movie come together, he said, "Okay, now." Like now, I kind of see it. It's still not the way yeah. he had hoped it had gone. Yeah, for totally. But yeah. I think he had some. That's, he was having some yeah. some dissonance as well. Like I think he envisioned, yeah. even though he knew he, at some point intellectually, he knew that the role he was going to be as Luke in this trilogy was it was supposed to be the Kenobi role, which was you know ferry these kids along and then die in an act of sacrifice, which is pretty much what he did, minus the ferrying these kids along. But I think at some point, maybe the, the the thought entered his brain that he would be this the the the, the dash dashing debonair like, swashbuckler. I think he probably yeah, the Yoda, that. Yoda times ten. Ma- yeah, yeah, I think I think his biggest. I think from what I from what I feel like I understood from reading that interview was like his biggest like um, qualm was with the fact that Luke 
quote, like ran away. Like, I think he was, he, I think I read like him saying like, I just didn't envision him like going off. to Yeah. He said like Luke doesn't quit. Yeah. He was like, Luke isn't a quitter. Like that's not the type of Luke that I am. He would have tried to figure something out to make it work. I think that's what he said. And I think it, it wasn't so much like, this isn't my Luke period. It was just like, I just disagree with his decision. I don't think this is the decision he would have made. And I think if there was someone who could properly explain that, like in terms, if it was like someone like George who could have been like, well, this is why, blah, 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 blah. Like he maybe would have been like, oh, okay, now I get it. But if someone doesn't describe something to you, I feel like he probably has, he's been with the character for much longer than, you know, anyone who probably was working on that film who was speaking to him about this stuff. So, I mean, who knows? Like, I wonder but, if, you know, if, in a way, I, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's not like, like he really ran away. It's that yeah. he felt that his, his presence in the force was more of a disturbance than anything. So for well, him the, to exile himself was, was a favor. He thought the Jedi were sort of the people who were giving rise to these problems, these problematic people. So if I take myself out of the equation, if I bring the Jedi down with me, Something else from the light will, will hopefully better will replace the Jedi because this order is lost. But yeah. throughout, through the movie, he comes to realize that, no, it's not the Jedi. There's nothing wrong with the Jedi. It was it, it, it all comes down to personal choices that people make. And he, 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 yeah. he got his head straight. Yep. Otherwise, I, th- I think the other option is some kind of flashback scene, right? Where it's, it's flashing back to a younger Luke. Mm-hmm. Which is which is possible. We could be forced back into a a, a beardless Luke. But uh, I think that would surprise me. Anyway, we all want this to see the Luke that we haven't gotten, which is the guy who's at peace with himself. We saw him. I at just the want to very see him of, in this movie, eight, but we want to see him in nine. We want, I want to see him and Ray on the same page, where Luke's like a little bit conciliatory towards Ray, saying, "Yeah, I wasn't. My head wasn't there. I'm sorry. I should have been there for you." But, uh, you know, I was pretty awesome on crate, right? <laughs> but I did. Pretty, yeah, I, I did pretty <gasps> awesome on crate. I did so the most Jedi thing ever. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I and, and then, of course, n- not to forget about Finn, but we saw uh, John Boyega posting pics of himself with his with his hair, which is really growing out. Which, again, it speaks to uh, that point I made a couple minutes ago where looks the look of a character can do a lot to signify both uh, where we are in the timeline and also what that character's mindset is. Like a, a scraggly-looking Finn with long hair, that tells me a lot of time has passed, a couple years at least. And that, if, you know, if his hair is all long and unkempt, I, who knows what it's finally going to look like. But uh, it, it, I think it's, it's a strong signal that uh, the Resistance is not in a good place in Nine, at least to start. If it looks the way that it does in that picture, I think it's gonna be pretty radical, man. Like, I think he's just. A, I think he's just got it that way. And I just. I mean, just for now, I think. I think he's gonna yeah, be a complete I, mess when, when we catch up with him at nine. I agree. He's gonna have this the Saw Gerrera look. Yeah, maybe. Did you did did you all check out the the John Boyega post? I didn't see it. He's looking dapper. Well, he's, he's always looking dapper. I feel like Michelle's on mute again. Thank or- you. I was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I was talking the whole time. Like, yeah, no, I like it. I saw it when it first came out on Instagram because I'm always on Instagram. Um, yeah, no, I I really like that shot. I think it, I think it was for some sort of like editorial spread, but um, I like the look. I'm into it. I feel like it it's like an edgier, fun, cool. I because I was like I was because people are making such a big deal about it when people were first talking about how um he's gonna be growing out his hair and all this stuff and everyone's like well I don't know what's it gonna look like uh, but it looks pretty cool I think he's a good looking guy he can pull off whatever he wants he can pull it off absolutely he can pull it off so yeah we got we have uh, some hair madness going on with in episode nine and I I hope Kylo follows through with his mullet. And uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> know. I, I don't know what Ray's gonna look keep, like. They're mm. keeping it long on the top, but his sides are still relatively short. So, like, if you're looking at the John photo, like the sides, like the most, the longest part, like, is braided on the top of his head, but the sides of his head are shaved. So, like, they're they're close shaved. So I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of like one of those like hipster, long on the top, short on the sides. So maybe thing. maybe like, it is a choice. Yeah, Maybe I don't know. It's his, like kind of like a Peaky Blinders, but not as close on the sides. If that makes sense. He's going Peaky for the weekend. Look, Blinders. <laughs> I edited myself there, Kyle. That was just for you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Alrighty, so bring on Luke, the beardless Luke in nine. I can't wait to see that. I need, I need to see. As much as I love what we got in eight, I need to see a content at peace Luke. Given us be, standing in for Yoda, taking that Yoda role Yoda in role. nine, doling out some what, wisdom. What, I need that. What, what are the odds, guys? Honestly, like, like, are we all shooting like saying 100% Luke is in this movie, or is there any small doubt in your mind that he's not going to be in it? 100%. 100%. Kyle? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of right there. I, I, I never like to say 0% or 100%, but I'll say like 99%. Uh, ah, a flopper. I know. I, I, I'm. I am. I would put any money down, but I'm just in the event that anything can happen. Well, I mean, considering the fact that we don't have Leia anymore, in terms of like, you know, Carrie is gone, and I feel like in terms of that, they have to address that at some point. And how they choose to address it, it would just be, I guess, if there are certain routes that the story could go where Luke wouldn't have to be there. But I feel like. That would just be there. Yeah, JJ's all like, yeah. my hands died. Maybe we see Luke with like a, a a fishing net, and once when they when they have the scene, if they have a scene where Leia actually dies, so like he goes and he just fishes her force soul and make and like turns her into a force ghost. Well, I thought like I I read something I can't remember if it was Twitter or whatever it was, but like how you know when you become a force ghost, like you you expend a lot of energy that you do in the like in the force, and that's how you just kind of like become one or whatever. And then I read some that was a really bad description. I'm sorry, I'm getting really sleepy. Um, the uh, they were saying that you know how there was that one move in the last Jedi where she's um she does that whole like weird force thing into um takes the for the big breath and does the force through space back into the ship or, or whatever. And someone was saying like, oh, do you think that because she used that much force energy, like so much of it, even though she didn't die in that in that moment, like that if she does die, 
like, do you think she was, well, depending on the timing and stuff, like, do you think she would become a force ghost? And someone was trying to make like a, um, a argument that she would based on that. I, I like what you said, kind of touching back just a bit, Michelle, like what you just said, like there, there is the possibility, like Kyle, I think it was you saying, saying Kyle, the, the fishing for Leia thing, but yeah, there is that possible space twins loophole there where, you know, they are kind of super duper connected. So if Luke can become a force ghost, maybe he can find a way to bring Leia into the, the, the picture as well. I mean, I'd be interested to see what they try to do, man. I th- if you if they did that, if so, if, if the end of the movie or at some point in the movie we see Force Ghost Luke, Force Ghost Leia together, I think you can forget about Force Ghost Anakin. I don't think we see that complete picture. Cause I I really don't think you're just going to stick Leia and Anakin together and just say. Yeah, but oh, once well, she becomes just... what once she's become part of the Force, you know what I mean, like. She'll understand Anakin a lot better. I think like, I think people don't hold grudges in the force, man. You can't become a force gross if you're holding carrying baggage, yo. I don't know. I don't I, I still have a problem with the idea of Leia as a force ghost, period. It's apparently the hardest thing to do. And requires tons of training to figure it out. I think it's kind of a slap in the face to Obi-Wan, to Yoda, to Qui-Gon, if if they can just sort of throw out their net and, and reel her in. I I don't know. I feel like it, it devalues that. Well, well it's yeah. been like three years since her death. We don't know what the timeline is. Like, Leia's been dead for a set amount of time. Because you know, it depends happened. on how she dies, right? In the in this in the show in the show. In the in the universe as well. Because um I feel like when I was reading the argument of the person, I don't remember who it was on Twitter or Facebook or something where they were talking about how expending a lot of en- you it takes so much energy and in, in expansion ex- expenditure of the in the force to be able to do it's so hard to become one. Um, so they were saying like that moment where she was doing that. I, I, I get it like because it's just that I was just like, really, when it happened. Um, but. Like, I just don't like I feel like it would have to happen at the time of when you're like, quote, dying. Yeah, it's time of like, death. Right. It's at the time of death. So like for me, it would I when I was reading that, I was like, OK, well, that would have made sense if she was, for example, doing that and like rescuing someone outside or something. And then she died in the process of doing that. Then I could kind of see like, OK, maybe that makes more of a better argument than like just she becomes a force ghost because something period like than because of who she is like that made more more sense to me but then i was like but then she didn't die so it's not like you can't like retroactively be like remember that one time i used so much of the force that like i almost died but then i almost didn't like <laughs> let's use that and like i don't know can i like her going up to like the force gates and being like remember that one time like can i be a ghost a force ghost because of you know i'm a skywalker and also because of that one time like i just don't see it happening not like she would ever say that um but i don't know yeah like it would depend on how she dies like i would say like to me that's true i mean yes i mean not to get oh boy this threatens to go well, into a long tangent but like qui-gon dies and he doesn't i don't think he immediately becomes force ghost i think it, he's sort of in this purgatory 
and makes his way over. I might be wrong about that, but no, you're you're right. He's he's the one who figures it out. Yeah, and he then he trial and error. He, tra- he trains Yoda, who trains Obi Wan, who trains perhaps he's the one that that shows Luke how to do it. So we don't, yeah, I, we, I don't we don't know how Luke figures out how to do it. Using the Force, I think in real time, if you're alive, I don't think there's you. You can't just use up your your Force powers or whatever by doing great huge things i think yoda's evidence of that but canonically we they haven't really touched upon it i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i i do seem to remember legends and the eu really talking about like when you do become a force ghost at that point you have a limited amount of force usage like if you're appearing to someone if you're manifesting yourself yes it's taking up a lot of uh the limited juice you have and I, I think it was actually that vader or anakin tried to reach out to leia so much that he he used up all his force juice kind of in a way wasn't that truce of Bakura? yeah you're right and which took place like a two or three days after jedi which is Totally yeah, and that was one of ridiculous. Anakin's first orders of business was to reach out to Leia and try to make amends, and she was she was not having any of it. And that's, yeah, but I think that was the thing that like you can force ghosts like maybe two, three times, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, choose you, your moments. You would just but look become, at what Yoda you, did in the Last Jedi. Or, yeah, the Last Jedi. Look, look, look. Yeah, it still doesn't tell us a ton about any of that though. Like. Could Yoda appear and reappear all over the place whenever he wanted and do whatever he wanted at whenever he wanted? I, or or was that one of the first times he appeared to Luke as a Force ghost since dying on Dagobah? We we don't know that yet. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a mystery. It's absolutely a mystery, and uh, it may stay that way. It's going to stay that way for tonight because uh, we are going to go grab our break and then we're going to come back and check in with uh, not ads this is going to be one of our, we're entering into strange new territory in a post ads edition world so again it's the we, subtraction of the edition <laughs> did you I just title it. the episode <laughs> um so again we i just we, we got to say thanks to ads for for all of those you know over 100 consecutive questions and ads we do hope to hear from you from time to time my friend it, it won't be the same without you but uh, again, thanks so much for, my goodness, becoming such a part of the fabric of this show since nearly since the start, man. Fantastic please, stuff. Please. Okay, so let's let's grab our quick break here, guys, and we'll come back and we'll hear from the Metal Mando. Hey, Tumbling Saber Crew. Jeff here from Fort Myers, Florida. Well, with all my excitement of being on this week's Worthy of Recognition episode, I completely forgot to leave a voicemail message question. So Kyle, I'm going to try and sneak one in right under the deadline, and hopefully it gets to you in time. So real quick, guys, as far as sentimental value, what is that one thing you possess, or maybe a moment in time, that just means the most to you, just anything Star Wars? And mine was uh, the Star Wars sketchbook. I mentioned this recently. Um, it's by Joe Johnston. Uh, it came out in 1977, and I had this thing before I saw the movie for a few months. Just drug this thing everywhere. It's tattered and torn, and, you know, drug it with me everywhere after the movie. Just could not get enough of this uh, amazing book. And uh, just real quick, what's the one thing for all you guys, uh, Star Wars-related? Like I said, you could own it. It could be a moment in time, just something you experienced. 
What's that one thing for sentimental value that just means the most to you as far as anything concerned with Star Wars? So, hey, thanks, guys, for answering my question. And uh, this week on the Metal Mando, and I'm out of here. Bye. All right, guys, there goes Metal Mando, the Meat Mando, Jeff Kelton, Fort Myers, Florida. Thanks, Jeff, for your question. All right, guys, this is this one, uh, It's it, this could cut pretty deep. Or not, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I, I don't want to be a super downer. <laughs> Uh oh. <laughs> well, maybe if you're if you're gonna be a downer, maybe we shall ego. I first. mean, it's not a it's not yeah, a go- downer, but it's just like I don't know. You're gonna go all melodramatic on us. I mean, not mellow, but like uh, I don't know how you would. I should have asked you guys in the break what order I should go. With. <laughs> maybe in the middle, so I'm not like oh, like go first, loving go first. people. <laughs> yeah, just go. Um, yeah, kick it off. I mean, for me, I guess, um, moment in time related to Star Wars that means the most to me would be, like, going, it's probably, like, just any Star Wars day or, like, Star Wars movie that I used to see with my dad, just because I never get to do that anymore, because my dad passed away, um, in October of 2011, so... Yeah, like, I, 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 now I get to go see them with my mom, too, so that's really special. But I think because my dad was the one who introduced Star Wars to me, um, and I talked a lot about it um, when I was on uh, Star Wars on Tap on Unmistakably Star Wars, um, about just kind of my, how I was introduced to it and, like, growing up. And I think the most important or, like, special memories I have probably of Star Wars that mean the most to me was um, getting to go. My parents and I would do this thing where every Friday night, because we were all really busy with our schedules. Um, and when I was in high school is we would do like appointment movie nights where we would all go to Shibuya or Rapongi and we would make like, we would, each of us would get there and meet at a specific restaurant or something or a movie theater and we would watch a movie and go to dinner. And whoever got to pick the movie would rotate around. But Star Wars was one that we all loved. So we would watch it together. Um, so I saw, I think I've seen every single prequel movie on premiere night in Japan with my parents um, and just crazy with all of the people, like all of us dressed up and um, just really special memories just because I think. I, every time I think about them, they make me laugh and smile and I can just remember the moments. And it's not like a bad memory. It's really great. It's just... Um, it's bittersweet. Yeah, was, yeah, it's bittersweet. That's probably what it is. It's more melancholy. Like, you know, because when you kind of start growing up, like you get to share that with other people, like what you share, what you share with your parents. But I feel like right now, since I'm in that middle space where like I don't have kids yet um, and, you know, my parents are getting older one of them's gone so for me it's that it's the special times I got to watch that with my parents and then talk about like you know characters and um how we like basically what we're doing here on the podcast would be like us at dinner like just talking about the movies and being like well I don't understand like this and my dad was very like um my parents were very into film but my dad was also very like he was a senior managing partner of a huge law firm and also a a law professor. And he was also 
the chairman and president of the American Chamber of Commerce in Japan. So he just like would love to just like sit there and dissect things oh like very deeply. <laughs> so that's just kind of who I am. So I feel like that was just kind of really fun for me because we would just sit there and just try to like talk about things. And then we would go home and be like, okay, let's go watch the other, the other movies from the start. And, and then we would just like, every time we would go see a new prequel or a new movie, we would like binge all the movies that we had that were available. Um, so that was really special and fun for me. I think that's the most important thing to me. I have so many other great things, but that I can never recreate that moment again. Yeah. Those are, um, that's irreplaceable now. I think that's why they currently meet like my in all of the Star Wars memories I have. Those mean the most to me now because and I think they might always mean the most until, you know, maybe I have a kid and I share it with them because I'm never going to get to have that experience again. And um, it's super special. So if you can have that experience, enjoy it. Um, and so I can live vicariously through you guys. <laughs> That's, anyway. a, that's a good answer, Michelle. That's that's actually yeah. a really good answer and worthwhile telling. So thank you for sharing that. Thanks, guys. Okay, no, not don't be so sad like <laughs> me. <laughs> All right, uh, Carlos. Mm. Uh, I think I'm gonna go sad, guys. Uh, sorry. So uh, moments in time, I love. The things that mean the most to me, going to watch the, uh, obviously I love watching the movies with you guys, but, uh, seeing the movies with my kids, uh, on the Saturday afternoon after opening night, uh, is really, uh, it really means a lot to me. And, um, uh, just, uh, building the Legos with them. So it's kind of like sharing it with your kids. Yeah, it's the possessions uh, and the moments uh, relating to the movies. And while we're building the Lego set, the ship, or or the scene, uh, we're talking about the movies and where... That's where family uh, happens! <laughs> 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 yeah, so that's... Uh, it's been, you know... Uh, uh, th- that Those were the moments that mean the most to me. And then um you know with solo and our our family uh kind of being uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for well the the structure of the family being different uh kind of made it seem all the more important to me to to share those moments with my kids of course and um yeah i think Maybe that's part of the reason why I watched it five times when I watched Solo five times in the theater. And, um, yeah, so I, I look back on it and it's, they're great memories making, making new memories, but it's kind of bittersweet also. So I'm just going to go in the corner now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, no, that's also another good story. I mean, who does, who doesn't love sharing this with their kids at this point? It's 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 phenomenal to be able to do that. Um, Corey? Well, I think we're shooting three for three here in the sense that uh, Michelle said it, Carlos said it. I don't necessarily think possessions are great and to love the things you have is amazing, but it really always boils down to the experiences, man. 
And there's just so many of this at this point that it's it's hard to choose from. Uh, for me, I think it's, I'm gonna have to go with uh, the Phantom Menace, man. Like, even though that's kind of a bit odd for me, because I I still remember seeing the OT for the first time. Uh, there's so many other things that just even seeing the Last Jedi with you guys, yeah, or not uh, the Last Jedi, like all the Star Wars films. The Force Awakens was the first with of the Disney era era, which was a huge surprise. But it wasn't that long ago. Like now we're looking at uh, close to twenty years, so it's got the big time nostalgia factor. Just like Michelle was saying, like it's a bit sappy, and I don't know, man. Like I was eighteen at the time, so for me that meant a lot. You know, like eighteen, I was legal out here to do whatever I wanted. I could drink and stuff at that point. I was, I was coming into my own. I was free, and it was like I don't want to use the word culmination because we use it so much, but it was like the the zenith or like the apex of my adolescence in a way, you know, like we had Kyle and I had, once we heard the movies were coming out and we always heard rumors, you know, but once it was confirmed, we waited, I think again, it was still like another five, six years or something. It was just this time period where we really, it just gave us the boost from our childhood. We always loved star Wars and watched it all the time, but then it was finally coming and confirmed and the day came and I don't know, just I'll never, ever, ever forget waiting in that line because it's the only Star Wars film that I ever had to wait in a line for. After that, everything changed. Like we were at this one place called Cineplex Odeon and like the line went around the building, man. It was so cool, you know, like, ah. And just being 18, and again, like I was actually thoroughly disappointed in the film at the time, being 18 and such a little shit, like literally a punk, you know, uh, I was, I was kind of not happy, but now I love the film. So for all those factors, that that would be my number one. Well, it's gotta be tied with also being a part of this podcast. Like Kyle finally having the confidence and and saying, okay, let's do this. It was probably like, uh, I did my first, I think it was episode six was my first, then 10. And then it was just on from there. And, you know, I, I was thankful that for the people that I got to meet and all my social media interactions now. And like you guys, the Commonwealth, our buds that we always talk with, like it's super special. Yeah, that's another good story. I mean, it, you're right in that it generally usually boils down to the experience because it's it's so it's one of a kind tailored to each of us, right? And like I I could probably say the same thing on my end. Like I don't have Corey. I think you'd probably agree. Like mom and dad never really gave a shit about Star Wars. They didn't care. Like, yeah, they, it was they were happy for us. Okay, you guys love it. Great. Like we'll we'll indulge you. But it's not like we ever sat down as a family to watch it. I mean, I think they. They would sit there, there and watch it with us, but it was never like, oh, look at us as a, as a, as a group watching Star Wars together. And it, it never was that. Uh, so, it, you know, to, to bring that angle into it for me was the first time I watched A New Hope. And I, I think it'd be really easy to say that my first viewing experience with A New Hope when I was six, I still remember that, but I, it's, that's a bit of a layup. So, um, I think maybe longtime listeners might know where I'll go next. And I'm going to say that being at my, my first and only, well, actually, no, there was a second follow-up. 
convention in Montreal, Star Wars. Just it was a Star Wars con called Empire Con, and it was again it was it was all the sensory overload of Star Wars wall to wall to wall to wall to ceiling. It was everywhere, and you know alumni from movies and uh, winning that Trivial Pursuit game, that that tournament, and getting the the autographed game board with it. So you get, I guess you get a bit of a two for one with me. It's like I can give you the experience and the possession. Um, again, I, f- I feel like I'm mailing this answer in a bit because I've spoken about this event a lot of times over the last couple of years. But it's, it, I think this is the seminal moment for me in my fandom. Like, I took an entire weekend weekend of Star Wars like on my own and had an absolute blast. I didn't need anybody there with me. You know, I, at the time I remember being a bit bummed. I had I had a pretty serious girlfriend at the time. She's like, "No, nah, I'm not gonna go." I'm like, "Oh, just to keep me company, I'll buy you the ticket." She's like, "No, I'm not going." Like, okay, I, I don't know if I spoke to you about it, Corey. Or no, you didn't. You were master dating. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I spoke to my buddy about it, and he's like, "Meh." Like again, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up who were as as into Star Wars as I was. Like not even a fraction. Um, and friends were like. Not really. Don't really care to go. I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to go at this alone. And then when I got there, it was like, I did not care that I was alone. So I, like at that moment on, like I, I knew probably until I die that I will be a Star Wars fan regardless of who is in my life or who is not. And what whatever their views of Star Wars is will not affect my fanship of it. Like I'm go- I'm going to be in this. Like, it's it's a lifelong relationship with with me and Star Wars, and that's not saying anything revolutionary. Anybody listening to a podcast probably feels uh, very much the same way. Uh, but yeah, walking into that uh, that that con and just being alone with Star Wars that like that immersed in Star Wars, and sitting there and watching uh, the holiday special on a semi big screen suffering through that but doing it with a group of of people who were all equally squirming in their seats because they just could not believe what they were watching for the first time like oof but i i will never forget that weekend uh the the follow-up con that came after and the and the distinctly different tone of that the second empire con after the phantom menace and everybody kind of feeling like man that wasn't the star wars movie i was hoping for but still, like unforgettable experiences for me, and uh, yeah, the the thing that, if I could say Star Wars needed cementing in my life, that maybe is a bit of hyperbole, but that those conventions did it. So uh, that's uh, there you go, Metal Mando. That is uh, the moment in time, January nineteen ninety nine, followed up in uh, the end at the end of nineteen ninety nine. Those are my my moments, and uh, the game board that came with it is the experience, or the the possession. So there you go. Loophole. That's it. Two for one. It's a little two for one. I don't know if that's a loophole. It's just it. one came with it. It came with it. What can I tell you? And that that is all. I, we are at the end of the line for episode 135. And I got to say, guys, um, I really enjoyed enjoy recording this podcast. We got a little personal. We uh, speculated irresponsibly or responsibly, depending on your mileage. But uh, I had fun, guys. Yeah, same here. Mosi. Speculating without abandon. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Thank you all for listening. Jeff, thanks for the question. And thank you to Rob Wade for sharing this on emotionally14.com. 
be sure to check out the Crazy Train podcast. And might I uh, bring your attention to our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth. Be sure to visit StarWarsCommonwealth.com for nine awesome Star Wars podcasts. You can find them on on Apple Podcasts as a provider uh, or wherever you grab your podcasts. So check that out. Great shows. Everybody is just doing their best and humming along here through the summer where there's not a whole lot to talk about, but uh, they're doing amazing work anyway. And that's a testament to the creativity and commitment of this group. And we're really proud of that. So do that. Go check out Star Wars Commonwealth. And later this week, for our powerful friends, we have another episode of Worthy of Recognition, and we're going to talk the ears off of Gundark. And I'm really looking forward to that conversation. And if you want to hear it, you still have time, you can hit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and sign up for just a couple bucks per month, and you'll hear that conversation as it drops instead of hearing it a week or two later. And you'll get exclusive access to Sith Disturbers, and you'll get Saber Rattling. You'll be invited to be on Saber Rattling at some point if uh, if you want to join us on the Jedi Master tier. That's up for grabs. And uh, all kinds of other stuff, including our prize draws, which this month, at the end of this month, we'll be doing the Black Series Centerpiece Edition of Luke Skywalker. It's a badass it so little good. thing. It's so cool. And one of our powerful friends will get that at the end of this month. So if you want to get all these cool podcasts and these prize draws, check us out on patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and you'll be happy you did. All right, everybody. Michelle, where are we going to find you on uh, on the old Twitter machine and elsewhere on social media? On the Twitter machine, I am at tediously underscore brief, where you can also find me talk about pretty much lots of stuff. And uh, my Instagram is the same as well. And then on Facebook, I am just Michelle Grandine. You can find me with my name. And on the bookstagram, it's a subsect of Instagram where I talk about books and nerd things and collect everything. And I show you photos of my office and my nerd room and my bookshelves and my candles and everything. And that's at, at <laughs> Traveling Book Nerds. Oh, my God. I'm so tired and I'm exhausted. And I'm going to be posting soon. So uh, you can catch that later. Cool. Check out Michelle. She has, you, have, you have so much social stuff going on. It's awesome. Yeah, I do a lot of social media. It's exhausting, guys. <laughs> that wasn't part of the promise, but here we are. But I mean, yeah, I probably spend more time on social media interactions with friends than I do with my real in-life person friends. So <laughs> oh, I, I can, um, I can if, agree with that unequivocally. Yes. I don't see my protein <laughs> friends anymore. <laughs> Bye, friends. You were great. I love you still. Um, if you want to come visit me, you can come to my apartment. Bye. <laughs> Carlos, where can or we find you? Home? Find me at C Candido Music on Twitter and on Instagram. You could search for my uh, my music page uh, on Facebook. Uh, look up Carlos Candido, or you can go to carloscandido.com. Sorry, carloscandidomusic.com. And uh, you can find all those pages uh, right on the homepage. Just uh, click on the little icons for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, stream some of my music. Uh, buy some of my music. Get a t-shirt. Buy a hat. Get a postcard. <laughs> and uh, once uh, I have the hats and the postcards, you can get those. And uh, And that's it. Cool. I want Tumbling Saber merch. 
We well, we do have some. I never talk about our uh, T Public page, but we do have one. That's I, good I, stuff. That's really irresponsible of me, right? I like to make the put in the effort yeah. to make these T-shirts and then not talk about them. I mean, I want to rock one now that I'm a member. Yes, you need to get a Sith Disturbers T-shirt. I have one, a baseball tee. Yeah. It's beautiful. I'll send you uh, a picture, and because uh, like you could pick that up. Cool. Because if I was going to Comic Con, like I would need to wear a shirt. Because like I want to represent, man. Well, I need to represent. There is a way, for there is a way to do that. I need to buy one. Y'all, let's all buy shirts. I'm talking to the guy. I like the sound of that. And Corey, where can people find you? Well, big bro, it's very nice of you to ask, but uh, I'll tell you that you can find me at Chop Rules with a Z. Perfect. And you can find me at Tumbling Saber across the board on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. Come check out our closed Facebook group where we nerd out all day long, all week long, all year long about Star Wars. We'd love to have you as a part of the group. Uh, so just come on by and click join group. And uh, right. as soon as I get that notification, I will let you on in. So come join us. Have some fun there. And once again, thank you so much for listening to episode 135. So glad to have you with us. And we'll catch you again next week in episode 136. So thanks again for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. getting wider like a mirror to myself. Struggle for the answers, questions frighten me Circles getting wider, it's harder just to see i